0: There we go.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Um Perfect. I I guess wait on a few people to join in.
1: Yeah, I mean people come in and out. Generally well what we see is like what sixty people uh, view about a forty minute or one hour long um episode. But people just jump in and out. That's kind of the beauty of it. Right. And um if if you see anybody that you want to give a shout out to, feel right ahead. Go ahead. Right, yeah. um, right. We'll see how that happens. Uh, absolutely. Other than that, we'll get absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, we got a chance to catch up a little bit before we started, but uh, I want to take the time to little right. bit, a little bit to understand a little bit more about what you're doing with Enzo Connect, um, what, what the situation is in, is in France right now that you're seeing. Um, kind of cool that we're, we're you know, communicating in live video across the world. Um, definitely my first time doing like a international podcast so this is kind of cool
0: yeah no this is definitely awesome um so yeah um enzo connect is a home management software for short-term rentals um we leverage smart home devices and ai communication as well as the existing top services in the industry sort of bridging the gap and bringing them all into a single platform for hosts uh in, in this industry so obviously right now We've been, you know, delayed on a lot of things that we were hoping to do. Um, we're quite lucky because we haven't launched our product. We were supposed to launch that on Saturday. Uh, we are waiting this one out. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, figuring out along the way, you know, what we should be focusing on. We're setting up a few events as well with the people in our industry that have been affected because um, it's definitely, you know, an unexpected turn of events, uh, especially on a, on a year-old startup, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, huge so, disruptions all around. A lot of people are like, that's, a, that's a kind of the crazy thing, that right? everyone's kind of experiences it together. It's a disruption.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so how you have you been dealing with that? Uh, have you moved everything virtual? Um, how's that, that migration been?
0: So, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a big change. I mean, we've spoken to a few of our partners. A lot of our partners have actually been laying off a lot of their employees. Uh, we, we were lucky to be quite lean in that sense. Uh, and so, you know, we had a few contractors. We had to pause the contracts in the time being uh, while we sort of figure out what's going on with the industry, what's going on with, with short-term rentals. I think, you know, everyone's affected by this, right? Everyone, every industry is going to get affected by this, some more than others, granted. But at this point, what I'm seeing online a lot and on LinkedIn, I've been following sort of everything. It's, it's a great time for people to actually come together and work together. Uh, I think there's been a lot of fragmentation, not just in, like, softwares, and, but also in the way people work. Um, you know, working remotely, totally cool. My partner's mm-hmm. still in Toronto, so we're just, like, calling each other every day. Um, yeah. I get to sleep in because when it's, like, 8 a.m. In, in Paris, it's still, like, 3 yeah. or 4 a.m. in Toronto, so that's awesome. Um, but, no, it, it's I think it's harder. It's it's a, It's harder because we have to adapt and we have to change so quickly. Um, but I think something positive is going to come out of this, you know? I, mm. I
1: really hope so. I really hope yeah, so. Absolutely. And that's the great thing is like all the, the entrepreneurs that I've talked to, they all feel the same way. They feel so positive about the situation. They're like, you know, I mean, you expect people to be angry or pissed off about the fact that everything they were planning for, is kind of up in the air. But people are like, you know, this is a change, but we got to adapt. And I think that just shows to the like the startup community is how used to how resilient they are, and how adaptable they are to situations.
0: Yeah. People are just trying to yeah. find
1: a way to keep going.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at yourself, right? You just set this up as a means of you know hacking COVID nineteen. That's the awesome thing, right? Is like yeah. you you just I think as an entrepreneur, and you know I, I kind of don't necessarily like the word entrepreneur because it it has this very like entrepreneurship thing to it. Um, but it, it's all about adapting. It's all about figuring out, okay, well, there's a problem right now. Let's figure out how to solve it together and move on to the next step. Right. Um, we're seeing that hugely because obviously the travel industry is, you know, not happening. Like no one is traveling right now. Vacation rentals, you know, I was going on, uh, on different Airbnb blogs and things like that, just to try to figure out how people were reacting. And they're sort of freaking out because they're like, well, you know, no one's renting my home. What do I do? And, you see the best of people, and you see the worst of people, because you know some vultures to, you know, those clients and poach them as their new clients. But then you see the other side, which is people trying to figure out solutions together to to solve this. So I don't know, it's it's um it's a bit of a shock. How, how are things in Toronto actually for you? Like how 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 have people adapted? Because when I left, coronavirus was sort of like this distant, you know. Oh, you know, eh, it's not that bad. But I feel like in the past few days, it's, it's taken a
1: full 180. No? I'm glad because a week before the pandemic was even launched, I'm like, I started talking to my team and, like, yo, guys, it's kind of getting worse. And a lot of people on my team, a lot of people who I was talking to are like, yeah, it's going to blow over. It's going to be a few weeks. People are just panicking for the sake of panic. No one's, no one's, no one's dying from this virus. It's not really that deadly. And kind of, everyone's trying sort of to basically brush it off. And I think it goes into the mindset of people again, right? Is i think yeah. a lot yeah. of regular people who are just so ingrained to the society and the situations they're in they're so ingrained to how things are that, that any change just seems so alien to them that they don't want to even think about it but yeah. to the entrepreneurs they they are risk averse they they like taking risk and they like taking leaps um, and they're adaptable they see this and they're like hey you know i got i got to watch a needle here i got to thread the needle right yeah and it's funny yeah. enough like i talked to axel the first day pandemic day one right yeah after it's been launched and we were on the exact same wavelength with nothing to communicate between us we're like oh shit this is happening how do we adapt and how do we come together as a community how do we reach out to other people how do we uh figure out as a whole how to move forward how do we give back and it's all the same kind of things probably what's up man and uh the main reason is (laughs) is because that's our reality that's what we do um we're trained for that in that kind of sense adapt and move forward so uh, one, of the, one of the craziest thoughts that uh, I had while talking to somebody on the podcast, on, on Instagram Live, is the fact that a billion people across the world are going through the same things we are. Yeah. Um, regular businesses are disrupted, regular lines of communication disrupted, ways of doing work, so many disruptions. It's a huge market has opened up overnight. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. starting at ground zero. Whether you're a Fortune 500 company or your startup that started last week, you're all we're all on the same same level, and trying to navigate that. And uh, yeah. one of the things I'm I'm really inter- interesting having conversations with entrepreneurs about is that you know the healthcare healthcare workers are really the front line. You know they're they're already uh, they're already like overwhelmed and like and, but they're still running. The second line of defense I feel like is the innovators we are trying to come up with novel solutions, trying to build up a digital economy, a digital Infrastructure to support the front line, but also to create, like you know, systemic change, not just oh, find the disease,
0: not just no, fight the disease, but
1: the side effects of it. You know, yeah. yeah. I, what do you think? I
0: actually saw, I actually saw some guy in Italy, a startup in Italy. One of my uh, advisors shared that on, on his LinkedIn. They, you know, mass produced via 3D printing these uh, little devices that medical workers needed. They really needed it because they were all out of it. I think it's the, the, the breathing system for that thing, a connecting piece. for. Oh, the you talked to, sure. to the guys, the guys
1: who 3D printed the valves?
0: Yeah, the valves, those valves. Like, I mean, this is where, you know, what I meant by you see the best and the worst of people, right? Some people are trying to profit with their existing business model, not realizing that this is a huge impact, a huge change. And they're trying to, you know, as vultures, go on to people and, and figure out how they can collect as many people. But then on the other side, you've got wonderful people trying to, Realize, OK, well, you know, everything is different now. The whole world is different. A billion people are, are, are realizing that millions of people are realizing that. And so these these entrepreneurs are adapting and, and, you know, helping society with those kind of devices. I think it's amazing in that sense. Um, and, you know, I, I, I want to do a shout out, actually, to one company. Check my guest. They just uh, gave over all of their short term rental units for the, uh, the health workers in Paris for free no no, wow. no, strings attached and that's amazing yeah. you know because they realize that those health workers don't have the capacity to go home every night because they risk infecting their families so seeing businesses adapt that way and, and help people out genuinely and without the intent of like let me try and make a you know, a big stunt to make money off of this it's it's where i think humanity you know comes back into yeah. play hugely so i don't know I'm I'm, interested, I don't know. I'm excited to see how we get out of this and I'm also you know, in that moment of uncertainty and fear for sure. And I think anyone who's yeah. not scared right now is, is you know, not realizing the importance of uh, coronavirus or COVID-19 right now. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, not yeah. even just the virus I mean, itself, but the side effects of it, right? Of self so, yeah. quarantine, of, of, um, of you know, working from home, of social distancing, the mental health capa- effects of that, right, the logistics disruptions. Like, I think all, it's all a pinball effect right what's going to happen to the credit what's going to happen to like the credit economy what's going to happen to all like you know just it just it just kind of spiraled along um hold on are we do we still have connection there yeah hello hey Francois. yeah from time to time yeah so i know it's a little late you're you're yeah so i know you're calling in from friends um yeah. I'm, I'm just going to keep talking until you come back on but uh, yeah absolutely so i mean how do we adjust in this economy and i think the main way is for people to keep connecting you're still here yeah Hello? i'm
0: still here i'm you know what let me get okay. closer let me get closer to the wi-fi so you yeah, can... the router yeah
1: there we go this should be better this is Hopefully. the biggest problem, man. Like, I, I feel like as long as we have internet, we are okay. Like, the oh moment my God. we didn't have internet moment. right now, so <laughs> oh, man, it would be pretty bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how we'll be able to run our businesses uh, remotely without internet. That's gonna be the, the hard part in <laughs> that, I think. Um, What's up, James? No, and I I am I'm, I'm wondering what the situation looks like between France and uh, and Canada. You know, like you Canada right different? now, people self quarantine. Because in France, yeah, no, everyone. we're not allowed to step out. <laughs> yeah, so in, in France is more like it's more enforced. Like what's going on there? Yeah, so we have it enforced. Um, I don't want to give the wrong numbers or anything, but the way it works here is you have to basically fill out a form every time you step outside of your home, and it's got okay. four four options. Uh, the first option is you're going out for medical reasons. The second option is groceries. Um, I think the th- I forgot what the third option is, and the fourth option is if you want to just go for a run and, and you know sort of clear your mind, uh, but you have to be you know distant from people, and so you have to go with that form. If you don't have that form or you don't have a valid reason as to why you're outside, you have to pay a fine, and I think it's 130 euros or 35 euros or something like that. Jeez, it's pretty hefty okay. fine, um, but it's it's interesting to notice that you know I, I I don't know I mean I've been confined in my my parents' place right now, so I'm not sure how people are reacting to it but I'm still seeing a few people walking outside, you know, and, and they're not going for a run. They're not going for groceries. <laughs> like I know if you're going for groceries cause you just passed by twice and you didn't have any bags with groceries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going for a run. Because you're... There's still a few people who aren't.
1: And yeah, yeah. you know,
0: it's, I, I saw this one, this one thing on Instagram. It was funny. It was like, um, you know, it's like those kids in kindergarten. Like, if one of them misbehaves, then all of us have to pay for it. Well, it's kind of like that. Like, if you guys want to have a summer, then we should all behave right now. We should all be quarantined. We should all wait this out. And then that way we can enjoy a summer, you know?
1: But yeah, the more I mean, people take risks, that's so surprising. the
0: more people go out and think it's not going to affect me.
1: I'm really intrigued by this form. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this form that you have. It's a physical form you have to walk around with. Where do you get them? Yeah, you
0: print it out yourself it's and you sign it yourself. So I mean, ultimately, you know, I, I'm already seeing people sort of abuse the system and, and, and sign it themselves and say, you know, I'm going for groceries when they're not necessarily things like that. But it's, it's a, it's a way to at least, you know, make the public aware of the, the situation and when they step out to make sure that they're stepping out for a proper reason, you know, and not just going out and seeing friends. Um I don't think the form itself is the importance. I think the message of our president uh, a, few, well, a few days ago was the more drastic, uh, the drastic message. I mean, he, he mentioned quite a few times in his speech, which means we are at war. And he's right. We're at war against this virus, right? But I mean, for a president to say that is, you know, um, yeah. I've, I've never heard that in my time. So, yeah. What about Canada? Yeah,
1: I mean that, I, I mean, essentially he's right. He's actually right. We are at war. Um, I was watching a lot of like, science, science uh, docs on this, right? And um, I mean, the, the war against bacteria and viruses. We've been on the losing side. Winning because of penicillin and, and uh, antibiotics and all these things you came up with. But now that yeah. is, that is tied has turned the tide is turning, and uh, we we don't want to have the luxury of living in that protectionism of these these adequate systems, right? So now it's like, is this the new reality? I mean, that's what a lot of healthcare workers are talking about. It's it's not just this. It could be other viruses. It could be other diseases. Uh, And essentially, we are at war, and this reminds me, so I also uh, had a great uh, conversation with um, Ashley from Fuel a few few days ago, And 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 I mentioned this one thing, right? Like, in 1950s, in uh, Ronald Reagan went up in front of the UN and he said this, like, fundamental speech that was pretty mind-bending. He was like, it was like if only aliens came down from up above and declared war on humanity, then we'll all be together as one. Gone are our yeah. past differences and issues. We were united in a, in a united struggle. And essentially that's what's going on right now, except it's not, it's not aliens from up above, but micros from down below, right? Yeah. No, exactly. And, uh, and, and you yeah, have maybe, that common enemy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I completely agree. It's that common enemy that we have to all fight for in that sense, as businesses, as individuals. Um, and, and no, absolutely. I think, although I have to say, I don't know if that's true or not, but the, the shutting of borders has created, I think, um, a lack. I think it's social media that has been able to create that, 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 uh, mm-hmm. that sense of community between all people. But there are mm-hmm. still pockets in the world of people that are not understanding the severity of the situation um there oh, are still definitely. you know places where I watch some videos you know of kids in Miami, you know I'm sure that's been trending all over the place, talking about their spring break like nobody cares about your spring break right now, like yeah. you know hundreds of people are dying that is not you know you boozing up at, because you're twenty one on a beach is nobody cares about that, and I think yeah, you know yeah, until yeah. everyone gets that. This is the common enemy. Um, we're, we're, it's, we're gonna keep being in this situation of being quarantined, of being you know social distancing, quarantine, and everything until until people figure that out. So that's yeah. the frustrating part.
1: But yeah, but uh, let's go a little back into more about France and Europe. Um, what, yeah. Like I want to I want to learn a little bit more about what's going on there. Like how is that reality looking like? Because I won't say, Europe is ground zero now. Right. Like China has recovered. Asia yeah. is, you know, is is been it's kind of kind of saying the thumbs up that business is back to normal. How is in Europe yeah. and what are you guys forecasting?
0: I, so, I, I mean, I can't speak for the sake of, of, you know, numbers and things like that, but I think it's about to get way worse uh, unless people, you know, take it seriously again. So I, I can see Connor just joined the, the thing. So I was in London on Saturday when I when I just uh, flew in. And I went for breakfast with these guys, with Connor and a few other friends who were in London. They were in the middle of a trip and they were like, we're headed back to Toronto, we're leaving. And I was yeah. just arriving. And the funny thing is when I arrived in England, nothing was different. England did yeah. not, you know, I was like, this is the same London that I'd been to multiple times. Like nothing's when, different. When was this?
1: When did this you get there?
0: Saturday, Saturday, I think.
1: Oh, this Saturday.
0: Yeah, yeah or okay. Sunday morning, Sunday morning. That was Sunday morning, okay. Wow. And um, so I get there Sunday morning and I'm like, nothing has changed. And then Sunday afternoon, I took a train down from, from London to Paris and I get to Paris and I'm like, nothing has changed either. What is going on? Like there's so many people, it's beautiful outside. Like I was texting, I was texting a couple of friends, asking them like, you know, what are you doing for this quarantine? Like, where are you staying? You know, like it just didn't seem that serious. Um, what had happened was Saturday night the, the, you know, the government had shut down all bars and restaurants and everything. And so mm. what people decided to do on Sunday was to go out and picnic in parks yep. and go for yep. long walks oh, because they couldn't go to the bar or the whatever. Yep. And so I arrived that day where everyone was outside and I was thinking to myself, this is not a quarantine. This is like <laughs> the Paris that I love, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I get to my parents' place and then I think it was that night or the, the, the next night where uh, at eight o'clock. Uh, the president does a speech and he's basically like, yeah, we're going we're going like Italy and Spain. We're shutting it all down, like quarantine mode. Mm. And I think people at that point realized the severity. But there's still, you know, I think it was today, if I'm not mistaken, that they decided to shut down parks because people were going on runs in the parks. Um, so it's, you know, everyone's got a, a part to play in this, I think. Everyone's got a part to play.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that's that's the main thing is that a lot of people I'm taking it seriously. I think it's like they don't know how to adjust to a different reality. I mean, think about it. When's the last time our society has gone through this? I mean, not in a hundred years, not not even not in a virus, but even a war, even like a sense of uh, attrition where like you have to sacrifice part of your day, part of your planning into into this part of a bigger narrative. Um, I don't yeah. think people are just used to it. Like, people just can't get their minds around it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think the best thing to do is to realize
0: we haven't lucky. You know, I mean, we're in countries with modern healthcare systems. We've got, you know, systems to communicate with friends and loved ones and, and so mm. on and, and, and work. Um, and so I can only imagine, you know, before Wi-Fi, before, you know, all, all this tech that we have to keep us even entertained, you know, Um And I don't know. It's an interesting time. I I think it puts us back to, you know, monopoly boards and and fun things like that between families and friends. But it also makes us realize the the importance of the little things, you know, the importance of going out and grabbing a coffee outside or going out and seeing friends. And, you know, the things that you would take for granted. Um, I was talking to one friend and she was telling me how, like, she regretted not going to a party with some friends last Wednesday. Because now she's like, "Well, damn it, I can't go out for the next month." You know, like I'm stuck, and it, it makes you realize. I think those those moments between family and friends are kind of more important, you know. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I but, mean, that's one of the main things uh, we're we're dealing with is that you're now stuck indoors. A lot of things you're taking for granted is now given a whole new light.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff on social media about this, about how you know what. End of the day, like as terrible terrible as is maybe this is going to help us collectively realize what we have normally taken for granted for a while now. Um, It's just like, how long can we go to adjust this new reality, right? Like, I mean, the governments are talking about a few weeks, like their plan is quarantine for a few weeks, state of emergency for a few weeks. But if this goes on for a few months, like a lot of healthcare workers suggest, like how does that, can you envision what four months of this looks like? Five months?
0: Four or five months is going to be tough. It's, it's going to be tough and um, it's going to be an endurance test for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm at my family's place. We're all, all four together and we, we have a house and, and a nice garden so we can at least breathe. But I can only imagine for people that are stuck in you know, a studio where they can't even step out of their home. Um, it, it is going to be tough uh, if, if it lasts that long. I think right now it's the endurance game, you know, focus on what you can control and, and focus on what you can do to help. And then things will come into play you know Uh, we've overcome so many things that as a society as a community as humans that i think honestly we'll we'll get through this one uh Um, we might not go to Lollapalooza or whatever festival that you know is happening but this is going to be other ones and if anything there'll be better ones because we'll find uh, you know (laughs) a better festival to attend to in the winter because we weren't able to do our festivals in the summer i think you know for Myself, as a you know startup owner, a business owner, et cetera, I think it's a great time to reassess everything that we've been doing and figure out what that next step is. Um, it's a great way for us to you know sort of start over almost, like yeah. start from the, 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 the start from scratch. It's like whiteboard. We've got a bunch of pens and let's just draw it all out again based on you know what's happening. Um, it, it seems frustrating, and it you know when you first hear the news, you're like, damn it. Like, everything that I worked for, oh, no. But then you realize, no, everything you worked for led you up to that point, you mm-hmm. know, and, and led you to now have that framework to be able to readapt and rebuild and remove towards whatever your goals are. Um, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm I'm eager to see what's going to happen in the next four or five months, especially in the travel sector, how people are going to approach this. You know, are they going to be scared? You, do you think people are going to be scared?
1: Like, I mean, I don't I don't think it's going to be scared. Um to be honest like a lot of people there's not not a lot of fear in the air. It just seems more like it's more like a, as like a a social thing. It's like they seem it's it's rude for us to be out in public. It's it's not responsible not just for us but for our loved ones to for us to be out in public, right? So it's really two sets of people. Two sets one set that's like just wants to go business as usual, can't wait for things to go back to normal. What are that, you know? And the other said, was just like, okay, this is a new reality. We need to adjust. And this is, you know, this is what it needs to be. And it's really interplay yeah. between, you know, and a lot of that is generational gaps. Like, <laughs> me, like, uh, so I have my parents here staying with me. And uh, one of the biggest struggles is telling them, it's like, yeah, guys, this is, this is not going away anytime soon. Because they yeah. see it as like, it's going to be, it, you know, it's going to blow over. Like, they're part of that generation that's like, you know what, like, like, what is this? Like, we've lived through worse. Like, you know, they yeah. that came through things, it's like, why is everyone overreacting? We're like, no, no, it's not, it's not about just you. Even if you're not affected by this virus, you can potentially pass it on to somebody else. And that's really yeah. what you be conscious of. And yeah, I think exactly. that's, that itself, it's it's kind of, it's kind of important, right? Think about that. Like the collective consciousness that's being built up here, where yeah, now it's like almost enforced ent- uh, empathy. You're no longer yeah. thinking about, hey, yo, cool, this might not affect me. I'm healthy, I'm young, all this, but who can it spread to from me? You know, I mean, do I yeah. want that on my conscience? Can you imagine? Right. Yeah. And that, that, I
0: think that's what creates community. You know, it's a, it's a form of, of community building. Also, I don't know if you've noticed, but mother nature, I, I'm, I've got a, and this is, you know, not at all a backed up theory, but I think it's a cycle like. Yeah. and so on Yes, I I, this is what I mean by like we're going through a tough time but something good is going to come out of this Yeah, and, and, and this obviously is going to be r- remain still a tragedy because hundreds of people are dying through this so I mean I'm not taking for granted the fact that that is the case but um, to look at the light down the tunnel and uh, my dad made a nice joke about this he was saying you know there's two types of lights down the tunnel. It's either a train coming at you or it's an actual light, you know? And I think in this scenario, it's, you got to avoid thinking that it's a train and, and, and start looking at it as, you know, there's something positive down that tunnel.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's okay. the hope, right? I mean, that's really interesting about the, the pollution aspect, too, right? Like, what I'm looking for is, like, you know, so, like something to come out of China being, like, somebody steps out and suddenly sees, like, a smog-free city. And it hits them. It's like, oh shit! This is how the sky actually looks like. Yeah. Yeah. You know how I mean, look is at that. How amazing Yeah. I mean that? that that affects your that changes your consciousness of how you perceive your your you know your situation, your reality, where you live, right? Yeah. I mean, do you remember? I don't know if you uh, you, you were around for this. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure how old you are. But back in I'm 2001, so. you're 23. I'm 22. 22. Okay, so back in 2001, <laughs> yeah, back in 2001 there was a blackout, right? Where like most oh. of like, right, a huge blackout, like Toronto, like most of like the eastern seaboard was like blacked out, and for the first okay. time, I remember looking up at the sky and seeing crystal clear the stars because there's no light pollution. Yeah, because it lasted about a day and a half, I think, right? and no light pollution and i'm like whoa and you know and all the (laughs) neighborhood kids are outside just looking up and we're like holy crap you know because you're you have never experienced that yeah and definitely you know so imagine these people who are coming out from venice and seeing crystal clear waters and like animals like like swimming along it um people people in these um polluted environments who are seeing the lack of pollution from humans right uh, I, like, I'm waiting for that that consciousness to hit where people are like, "Hey, how come you have more of this? How can this become more yeah. of a reality?" Right now that they've seen the alternative, right?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a, it's a positive light in that sense, and this is what I mean. Like, you know, in this time where we're all quarantined, we're all staying at home, and you know, we're all in our heads. If anything, um, mm. I think it's a great time to be looking at those positive things uh, and to stop because you know our my my feed is constant. COVID-19, 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 like that's all we're seeing, which is understandable because that is the hot topic of today. Um, But I think there's a lot of positive things that are coming out of it as well. Um, I really liked, I had a conversation this morning with Paul, I forgot his name, his last name, but he's basically one of the editors for short-term rentals. Uh, They're pushing one of our, we're doing a conference or webinar next uh, Thursday, on short term yep. rentals and he, he's pushing uh he's talking about how you know all this news on the vacation rental industry you know just to get back to that aspect is all negative right now everyone's criticizing the decisions made by Airbnb everyone's pissed off because they can't meet their you know monthly targets for, for revenue things like that and so he's trying to look and see all the the, the positive things that are coming out of this right where yeah. how are companies changing towards this how you know check my guests taking it as an example once again giving all their units out for for nurses we've got one of my good friends Bassam, with the Toronto boutique apartments in Toronto he set up these quarantine units and they're basically you know short-term rentals that he does delivery and will give you all the all the food and the everything that you need uh, to quarantine yourself in that place if you're stuck in Toronto and you, you don't have anything so people are adapting to that in the industry um, but mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how the big players are going to adapt. And actually, that's a question for you. Um, what do you think? How do you think hotels and, like, vacation rentals, like, how do you think that's going to play in, in a few months' time? What do you think is going to happen?
1: I feel like there's two types of companies. Companies who are nimble and adaptable and the other companies who have overly large bureaucracies who are going to struggle really bad because they don't know how to change. They're, they're built on legacy systems uh, yeah. and that they're, they're just sitting on. It just kind of yeah. runs almost semi-independently. So there was this leaked, um, I'm not sure if it's public or not, but Bains uh, re- released a uh, a deck targeted at C- CEOs of most companies. And part of that report outlined, it's like, hey, don't take the sitting down. Like telling CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, like, don't wait for the dust to clear. You have to proactively go at this right now adjust your supply chains, take care of yourself and your workers, liquidate as capital and have operating capital. And they literally gave a step-by-step guide. And it made me realize a lot of these, you know, these high-performing companies, a lot of these large corporations, they're frozen, right? Because they're not used to moving this fast or moving this quickly or making unilateral decisions. Uh, They're not built for that. Uh, And that is a big concern for the global economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, I
0: was, I'm surprised to see, you know, I'm I'm interested. I'd, I'd say to see how these companies are going to move because I, I was seeing one of the speeches from the CEO of of Marriott Hotels and it was a, an amazing speech um, about you know what what he's having to endure right now as a CEO, having to cut you know cut off on hiring, cut off on sales, marketing. I don't know if they've laid off their employees or not. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully not, but. Uh, it's a changing time for that industry. It's you know, as I saw from the last video when you were doing a live post with Axel about the entertainment industry, I think, you know, it's the same thing for the travel business, whether it's airline yep. companies that aren't flying anymore or vacation rentals where no one's making money or hotels where I mean, I'd love to stay in a nice hotel, but even right now there's no way, you know? Yep. Um and I saw this. So when I first came to Paris, I was thinking to myself, you know, am I gonna be able to work for my parents place like you know i don't have my setup here and things like that so i started looking at airbnbs in the city before i realized how drastic this situation was and this one guy had a 3500 euro apartment the for, for the month right and he was willing to give it out for 500 euros that's how desperate people were to just you know take it like i you know get it off my hands right now um so are right, you saying a 3500 euro apartment th- 3500 a month oh for 500 yeah 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 Wow. Okay. Just the prices are split in tenths, you know, Um, which which is understandable right now. So what I'm interested to know and to figure out, and actually this goes to everyone actually watching this. um, What what do you, you know, figuring out exactly how those hotels are going to evolve because they are built on legacy systems, like you said, right? So yes, they have obviously the units and the everything, but they're going to have to readapt to this new situation, Mm -hmm. and whether or not people are going to gain that confidence to travel. In, in, in four months, six months, and so on, you know? Are people gonna be scared of traveling, do
1: you think? Do you feel, you feel like there's a, a new type of travel coming up, which is uh, crisis travel, which is people taking advantage of opportunity of lower pricing to go out? Because I'm seeing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean- There are people
1: flying out to the islands right now, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously? Oh what? yeah,
1: oh yeah. Oh my God. I, my Instagram feed, yeah. Yeah, well, so, my I personal mean, account, I can I see a lot of people. Last. They're on beaches they're chilling man they're, they're, they're gone to like tropical places and they're like no one's around and they're enjoying
0: i mean if they get if they get into any sort of health issues um i don't think they'll have the best health care system in that yeah. uh, tropical island but who knows i'm not the one to judge um i mean honestly you know if you can if you can afford that and, and do that, then maybe I, I just don't think, I think right now everyone should just stay home. I mean, this is not a time to go on vacation really. Um, but I, I definitely understand that. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, when I was thinking of coming to France, I wasn't sure when to come. And yep. so I was tracking prices and it's true, you know, like in some cases it was extremely cheap. I mean, mm-hmm. before, before the borders closed, it was super, super cheap. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if that, I don't know what I mean, I'll, is,
1: be, I'll you be, know, like, how about yourself? Because you're in the industry, and I've seen, I've seen some of your posts recently uh, talking about you know, these summits and ideas for how the travel industry and the, um, the hospitality industry adjust, short-term rental industry adjust. Like, what do you think yeah. is an adjustment curve for them? Uh, and uh, Do you see yourself having a play within that?
0: Yeah, I think, I think we still have a play. So the reason why I'm, I'm still confident in what we're building and, and what we're doing, and you know, I'm not shutting down. I've seen a, a few players in our space shut down. I think the reason why I'm still confident is because we, we're in a different position than most of these players. We haven't launched the product. We've got money in the account and we've got time. So essentially right now the entire industry is in quarantine, Like, right? yeah. You know, no one's traveling, no one's doing anything. So no one's building new products because they can't be spending money, building more technology or anything like that. No one's spending on marketing. No one's spending on sales. So we have that advantageous position of having no dependencies and being able to go back to that drawing board and figuring it out. Now having an exact answer I don't know yet. Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm still, you know, on the call with my co-founder, Peter, every day trying yeah. to figure out exactly how, where things are going, how people are feeling. We're sending out surveys. But, you know, the, the, the conference or the conference, the, the summit, the what do you call it webinar, um, or I prefer saying the conversation that we're having next Thursday with the people in the industry is more just to mix hosts with the leaders of the industry. And so what I mean by that is I've gone on blogs and everything. People are living and they're trying to find someone to blame. And, you know, whether it's blaming Brian Chesky or blaming the the companies out there that aren't helping out. And so what I'm trying to do is have a conversation so that both parties are in that debate to figure out what the next step are. Because it's not. It's not one or the other. It's COVID nineteen is the reason behind all of this. You know, if you take out COVID nineteen, their their monthly revenue would be perfectly fine. Those companies would still be operating. So, we're just trying to position ourselves to understand and and mediate that debate between hosts and those companies, um, and, and see how people want to to do things in the near future. Because some people have been talking about, you know, getting off short term rentals because it's too risky. So like, you know what? I'm off. I'm done. I'm going back to the long-term rentals. But then other people are thinking to themselves, you know, not Airbnb, but I'm going to go to BRBO instead, or I'm going to go to this company. I'm going to go to that one. So we're not there yet. I think we're still in the research phase uh, for where this
1: Yep. Oh, man. Oh.
0: Here we go. Can you still hear me?
1: Yeah. have
0: yeah, we, we uh, People joining from all over the world, so
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so probably you, not helping, you know. Let's take some time there. Um, can you explain a little more about your product? Um, we kind of went over the gist of it, uh, just a bit, but
0: yeah, hundred percent. So, in terms of you know what we've built, Enzo Connect right now is a home management software. So we connect with different smart devices oh. and uh, different services. And We've got our own AI tools to, to to build that component. But the cool thing is, think of it this way: as a host. You put on your place, uh, leveraging Enzo Connect as that system that manages your home, and your home is now a passive investment. You won't take care of checking in, you won't take care of checking out, checking out,
1: getting the cleaning team, or any of that. Our entire Whoa. system
0: automates the whole process.
1: That's a huge problem for short-term rental in the market. Yeah, because people yeah. are trying to deal with that. Yeah, uh, so I have a lot of friends, but... yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you were gonna well, say, yeah. What do you like? So. <laughs> Part of the short-term rental market, right, is a lot of people who are doing this on the radar, not without telling their condo board, not to, not you know, doing a lot of re-rentals, where they you yeah. know sub- they lease something and then they short-term rental out on the side. Um, what do you, how do you feel about that marketplace? Uh, is, there, is there a place for the, is for that market?
0: Well, you know, when it comes to short-term rentals, people, you know, whether they're city regulations or not, people are going to find ways to do what they want to do. Um, I think what we're trying to obviously abide by the rules and the r- rules of the different cities, uh, short-term rentals are not going to die anytime soon. That's why we're still mm. in that industry, still in that market. Um, but the interesting thing is, you know, how people are actually con- right now managing their home. I think that's the interesting part behind this. Is gotcha. Some people gotcha. are dropping off key. Some people are hiring property managers. Some people are doing, you know, all sorts of different ways of dealing with the situation. Um, so we're just trying to tie it all in into a single software and push it out there so people don't have to do anything. They just you know, put their place up and then people come in and out and it's being rented. But they know that their home is safe throughout the process. So we're connected with like noise sensors and heating systems and all sorts of different systems. So you're always, you, you've got a bird's eye view of your home. That's what we, our tagline is your home on autopilot
1: cool how'd you how'd you get into the market when I mean, you're 22 i mean have you owned property have you been a short-term renter like what got you into this problem
0: so i mean i helped a few friends with their vacation rentals but uh, what really triggered the spark in that is actually a um, what happened to me in uh in february of 2019 so i was going on my first ski trip and i was with my buddy ben who's now actually an advisor in their company and um, we were just driving down there and he's like, okay, book an Airbnb. Let's figure it out where we're staying. We're going skiing. And I'm like, all right, fine. Um, and, I, you know, me and him go, have been to different trips around the world. We just go in random places. And so we're driving there and I'm looking for an Airbnb, find something. And when we get there, I ask the guy, you know, how do we get in? No answer. So, you know, call him, no answer. And then I, I read the instructions and realize – We get in, the heating system's complicated. It's a complete mess, basically. We get in, and it's just impossible to figure out. We're not getting any advice from the homeowner. Um, when we check out, we still ask him a couple questions, like, how do you check out? How do you do all this? And he, um, he doesn't answer, but a couple days later, he tells me, hey, man, the uh, pipes in the kitchen were frozen because you left one of the windows open. You owe me $5,000. Nice. And I was thinking to myself, like, wait, what? Like, we had no idea what we were doing. Like, we were coming into a new home. The system is all different. Like, it was a per-room heating system. We didn't know that, so we were just freezing the whole time. Um, so, it, it just made me realize, like, wait, why didn't he answer all the questions? This could have been in devices. We didn't have to, you know, have this whole debate after that for weeks with Airbnb getting involved and so on. Um, So, yeah, so, yeah started off doing some market research and then realized yeah, I I think this is a a big problem and it needs to be solved and it's evolved since then. That's really interesting. uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah, so start with the personal problem that you experienced when uh, you were trying to get from, was it Airbnb? Yeah, it was uh, Airbnb. The
0: Airbnb? Point
1: fingers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's a big, it's a biggest site around, right? So it's most likely going to be an Airbnb. Um, But it's interesting because I've I've seen friends on the other side who own properties and they're like, oh, (laughs) shit somebody has checked in and I got to get a key to them. And now they're driving halfway across the city because they're like, they didn't realize they didn't leave the lockbox or something unattended, right? And uh, they had to deal with yeah. that. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then uh, other friends were like, oh man, like my condo allows me to do this, but my, the security is just ridiculous. Like they act on their own, even though the condo board has allowed them to rent it out. The security desk, one of the personnel like, no, you need to sign them in. Or, you know, yeah. some craziness like that. like, like um, So I'd be interested in seeing a little more about how your product works. I'm just going to check it out after this call. Yeah, 100%. Maybe even connect Actually, to... One of the
0: one of the cool features I want to mention with regards to all that, and this is something we've worked on for quite some time now, is in terms of that access management, I think that's the core issue, right? When you're trying to get into that unit and you have to, like, figure out where the lockbox is and there's, like, 10 lockboxes, so you're pulling out the code on each of them to figure out which one it is. And he tells you, you know, it's the black one and they're all black and you're like, okay, great. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, the cool thing that we've built is a, think of it as a boarding pass. It's like a key card system. Um, It's just like a boarding pass that you put into your Apple wallet, but it has a little button on it. You hit that and it connects with all the smart locks in the industry, all the smart um, lock boxes as well. And it automatically opens the box. You don't need to do anything. Or it opens the box or it opens the the door, whatever it is. So you you don't need to... And how how
1: secure uh, is that? Because... There That requires a lot of permissions, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we've
0: worked for the past eight months getting API integration with those different companies individually. So that's been a lot of work on our end to mm. partner up with, you know, four or five, I think even six different companies in the just access management space. That's not even looking at noise monitoring or sensors and so on that we've also done. Um, and that's been, you know, one of the core elements of the platform of being able to provide guests the seamless experience and save those hosts all the time in the world. Um, to not deal with that situation. I actually have a friend, Rebecca. I don't think she's on here. Is she? No, I don't think so. So Rebecca, she uh, helps manage a couple units. Make sure you're drinking lots of water out there, friend. She can't can't have you getting sick. Don't worry, buddy. I'm I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, those two. Um, But, uh, and yeah, Rebecca had to drive all the way down from Markham to her unit because that was in downtown Toronto. Because there's some problem with the door not, you know, the guy didn't couldn't find the key or something. And then when she got there, I think if I'm not mistaken, the key was literally where she had told him it was, you know, So it's yeah. like, or he was in the wrong building or something crazy. Like, it's just there, there's so many elements and frustrations that Airbnb hosts deal. And so we're always working with those hosts and trying to essentially Um, provide a new weight for them to manage their home so it's going to be an interesting few months i think the next few months are going to be really cool to see how this market evolves how this industry evolves and if people are willing to travel i hope so are you guys gonna travel with me steve jordan anthony Kolmov, are you guys still gonna travel after this (laughs) let's hope so
1: (laughs) hopefully the answer is yes right yeah um (laughs) no absolutely and uh i think that's that's really cool uh, I definitely have seen my, uh, some friends of mine uh, experience this, property managers experience this. Do you feel that there's anything you can pivot to right now? Let's say the short-term rental market goes down, right? Can this tech or can this solution be um, applied anywhere else in, in a way to benefit um, the, the crisis right now,
0: right? So that's what we're trying to figure out. And, and, and that's exactly what we're trying to figure out right now is to figure out how we can help out with what we've currently built and i don't have an answer for you right now i know you know i think we're too early to be able to deploy something at a massive scale that would help people at this stage um but i think the idea of social distancing definitely comes into play with uh, with what we've built i mean essentially you know remote lock access and things like that are are huge uh, components of what we're doing yeah um but i I think we're too early right now to be able to Bring people together uh, for them to connect and have a conversation around the around the subject.
1: Cool. I mean, I'm glad you're uh, at least uh, taking that step to think through this, right? Um, so, I mean, we're starting the hashtag um, hacking #hackingcovid19 to be like, yeah. let's bring the innovation uh, innovation um, community around this. You know, deploy capitalism to this problem of how do we solve all these all these small and bigger issues that are have company around the disease, including the disease itself, right? yeah um so as things spiral, how can we you know patch it patch the systems that, as they come and I think it it's come from the crowd right it comes from people yourself who have these innovative solutions ready to go to market that can be pivoted away and turned like a like a puzzle piece and just clicked into a p- into a place that uh, where it would be really beneficial so interesting in right. seeing what you guys do uh, I'm uh, super happy with the content you guys put out too definitely engaging yeah. with you a little more and looking forward to hearing more of you guys. man. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I'll keep you guys posted, anyways.
0: And uh, I invited Henry. I think uh, I have like to invite all you guys if you want to the, uh, to the what's it called, um, the the conversation we're having next Thursday. So if you're interested, I'll send you an invite. And if anyone in the that's watching this, I don't know who's watching this right now, but if anyone is watching is interested in joining in another conversation about short-term rentals, feel free to feel free to
1: reach. <laughs> yeah, send definitely, definitely. Let us know. Um, we'll shout it out in our community as well and see if uh, you know if it's open. Perfect. I mean, I think the more conversations, open conversations, people have about problems that are going on, the more things will kind of like siphon up to the surface. And uh, it's 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 part of the zeitgeist of the moment is to have open discussion about ideas and you know ha- ask questions and build communities, especially virtually when everyone is yeah. just at home and there's so much talent sitting around waiting for things to do. Uh, let's um, just really bring them together, mobilize them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Mobilize that talent, bring it into a community for sure. Well, listen, I'm going to let you go because it's already, yep. it's it's getting late here in France. Absolutely. Um, the Wi-Fi connection is getting even worse and worse, I feel. Yep. Um, but no, this is an this has been great pleasure. And uh, yeah, yeah. Let me know how I can continue to help if, if there's any way, if
1: you want me to, uh, you know, if there's anything Appreciate I can do. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Right. right. We'll definitely keep you in contact, buddy. All right, take care. Sounds good. Take care. care. Bye. Take care guys. Thanks for watching.